0: Are we good? I know for me it's been a crazy week, so I hope everybody's doing well this morning, and I'm excited um, to be able to share with you guys this morning. Um, I'm gonna dedicate this service to all of my Pinterest fail moms, all of my moms that are just grateful their kids have survived the week and they have shoes on and clothes and their hair may or may not be brushed, we don't know, you know, that's okay, but but they're here, you're here, and after today, you're probably going to feel like an amazing mom after I share with you how my week has been, and how my um, motherhood goes, because let me tell you, I think sometimes when you get up to speak, God likes to give you stories to have to share, so extra special things happen to you in your life, I feel like I kind of feel like that's me. And if you're a mom out here and you've got it all together and your kids are amazing and they do good in school, they get good grades, when you ask them to do something, they look at you and say, yes, ma'am, because in the South that's how we say it is yes, ma'am, you know, or no, ma'am. My kids haven't learned that yet. We're still working on it. Hopefully they're going to get there right now. It's just no, no so anyways we're working on that but if you've got it all together man hats off to you mothers because I'm gonna come to your house too and I'm gonna sit and watch you for a while and learn how it's done because I certainly don't you know it's hard and look let me tell you you're supposed to parent in your like start having kids in your 20s not your 30s It's different let me tell you, it's a lot harder parenting newborns and infants and toddlers in your 30s than it is your 20s. We're definitely supposed to do that when we're in our 20s. God meant for it to be that way. But, you know, sometimes he throws curveballs at us, and that's okay. So moms, we have a lot we can learn from our moms in here today. And moms, we can learn a lot from each other, let me tell you. Okay, sometimes we get that. We're real competitive. I'm real competitive at anything I do. So you look at another mom and they're doing something awesome. And you're like, oh, you know, but man, if you see another mom and she's got it together, and she's doing something, congratulate her and say, that's awesome. You're doing really good and learn from, them. you know, let's not be so hard on each other, on ourselves and on our moms. But I just want to tell you this morning, there is a lot that all of us can learn from mothers because how many of you know, mothers go to bat for their kids. You know, just just watch a mom. You know, if you don't believe me, go to a playground and watch moms with their little kids, you know. And you get all, you get all mama bear, you know, when something happens to your kids or your kid comes home from school and you hear that your kid's been bullied. Mama Bear's going to mosh up to that school and have a conversation with that kid or go Facebook stalking trying to find that kid's mom or whatever. She's coming, man. She's going to take you down because you have messed with her kid. You know, it's like that on a playground. You see a, your little kid's there, and and some other kid comes up and pushes your kid or something, and you, you go up to that little kid, and you're... Hi, sweetie. How are you? You know, yeah. We don't hit. That's not nice, okay? If you do it again, I'm going to rip your cute little head off. Where's your mama? That's your mama? I'm about to shoot daggers at her with my eyes. Your kid just hit my kid. You know, we go crazy. We watch out for our kids. Man, we go to bat for our kids. It doesn't matter. The teacher does something you don't like, and you're like, the hair raises on the back of your neck. No, no. That's my angel. Those are my angels, man. Don't you touch them. My kid's amazing. You know, you can sit there and talk about how your kids are like failures and everything, but nobody else is allowed to say it because your kid's amazing because you your mama bear and, and you are going after them. You know, you're going to watch out for it. And you know what is really super cool though? That God goes to bat for us, all of us. He is there. He is the same man. He is there watching out for us and he's got our back just like mamas have the back of their kids and they're watching out for them. God is like that. You know, he he sent his son to die for us, and he said, man, I got you. I'm here. I've made a way out for you. Sometimes it feels like the world is crashing in around us, but God is there for us, and he is watching out for us, and he's he's like, man, I'm here. I got your back. When that bully comes, I'm here. I'm watching out for you, and um, I have got a lot of scripture this morning, so um, we're going to kind of roll through that part really fast, but Everything is on the YouVersion app, so if you pull it up, you can kind of see the scriptures because you are certainly not going to have enough time to look them up this morning. I'm not going to give it to you, or we'll be here forever. So first, we're going to start with Isaiah 66, 13. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. Man, I read that, and I'm like, oh, God's got me as a mother comforts her child. I think about the times where my kids have done something. Like when my two year old fell down the stairs this week. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're gonna feel good about yourselves after I tell you we as we go through my week. My two year old fell that we're sitting in the kitchen, all of a sudden we are and then Hannah screams because she goes real dramatic fast. So you're like, oh my gosh, you know, and Abby's sitting, and you're like, It's okay, baby, I got you. You know, I'm here for you. God comforts us in the same way. Wait man, He is therefore saying something's going on, but I've got you. I'm here for you. I'm holding on to you. Micah 7, 7 says, but as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my savior. My God will hear me. When I read this, I'm always like, you know what? I'm waiting. God's got me. He's going to hear me. You just watch. You're going to try and touch me. God's got me. I'm waiting for him and I'm calling to hear him. God, come on. Like your kid says, mama, mama, mama. Only about 10 more times. You know, we're saying, God, 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 we call for God and he hears us and he's there for us and he's got our back. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I love the Bible sometimes. What can mere mortals do to me? Crazy humans. God's got my back. He's here for me. Deuteronomy 31 8 The Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Man, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged because God is there for us. Joshua 1 9. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will go will be with you wherever you go. Wherever you, it keeps repeating it, man, I'm there, don't be discouraged, don't be afraid. I'm there for you, I've got you. Isaiah forty one, ten through thirteen. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. I can see that with like, he's got your, head. you know, you grab your kid's hand. I got you, baby. Come on. You know, your kid's afraid of something. They don't want to do something. And you're like, no, you grab their hand and you got them. I've got you. We can do this together. I have got you. Come on, let's go. Don't be afraid. Mama's here. God's the same way. I got you. I've got your hand. We can do this. I've got you. Psalm 55, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. I know it's a lot of scripture and it kind of repeats itself, but I want you to get the point this morning that God is there and he's got you. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's happening, no matter the hurt, the pain, the trials, God is there for you and he has got your back. Just like a mama's got the back of her kids, God's got your back. Moms also give up everything for their kids. Man, you know this. If you are a nursing mom or if you got a newborn feeding them bottle, you know this, okay? You know this is true. Because if you're sitting down to dinner, it doesn't matter if you have just fed that child 30 minutes ago they're hungry then you're never going to eat a a warm meal for the first year of their life you're eating cold food all the time or you've cooked a meal and then you realize wow there's enough for everybody to have a serving and then your older kid says mom I'm still hungry so you you cut half your food off and you get it and you go hungry that night you know that's that's what we do as mothers our kids come home from school and we've either been at work all day or working around the house or whatever because you know that if you're a stay at home mom you still have a job you have a really busy job you know you're still working you're just not getting paid for it so your kids come home and they need to do homework and maybe homework time goes better at your house than it does ours it's not really fun we don't do so well it's kind of like pulling teeth throughout our house you know you get up early you make lunches you cook breakfast you do what you need to do for your kids you give up everything you give up sleep in the middle of the night when they cry out to you mom mom i had a bad dream or they just don't want to sleep like my kid likes to get up and talk at 3 a.m in the morning randomly for an hour and a half or two hours. I kid you not. My kids are unique. We're going to call them that. We're going to call my children unique. Abby will wake up in the middle of the night and talk, and she'll carry on conversation with whoever from the house. Josh gets lots of imaginary conversations carried on with him in the middle of the night, you know. But you get up, and, and when your kids are sick, who do they want? Mama. My girls love. Josh they love their daddy they're like daddy 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 he comes through the door and I cease to exist unless they're sick and then they want mom they want to throw up on you they want to hold you and it always seems to happen when you're like I've got so much stuff to do and they're like mom just hold me or if Abby says mom I hold you I hold you that's her favorite thing to say mom I hold you God gave up everything for us too he said, And as a mother or a parent, you understand this when you say that he gave up his only son to die for us, to be tortured for us, to be abused for us, to take the sins of the world for us. He gave up everything because, man, I'm glad it was God that made that decision and not me or you because... We might all be in trouble. You know, that's a difficult thing to do, but he loved us so much. And he said, I don't want anything in return. I'm just going to give you my son. Here he is. He's going to carry the weight and the burdens of the world upon his shoulders for you because I love you so much. Just like a mama gives up everything and we do what we have to for our kids. It doesn't matter. If our kid wants to be in six sports, we say, okay, let me figure out how to make this happen. You can play every sport. You want to do every ministry in the church? Okay, we'll do this. I'm not really sure how, but we're going to figure out we're going to make this work. And God said, I'm going to give you everything because I love you so much. So we are not alone. Man, God is here for us. We're not alone in this world. Um, If we want our kids To understand, and we want the people around us to understand this kind of love and see it through us. We have to be the example. How do you want your kids to look? What do you want your kids to look like? What do you want them to grow up as and be like as an adult? We have to show that to them. We have to be that example for our kids. They need to see it in us, they need to see it walked out before us. I remember um, as a kid, my mom in the mornings sometimes you could you could never find mom in the mornings it was like where's mom mom i'm hungry mom mom why are you We walk around looking for mom yeah we go outside because my mom loves to be in the yard she doesn't really plop down in front of the tv much but if you can't find her look in the yard you know mom's going to be in the yard couldn't find mom in the yard where's mom and most of the time and i don't know why because a lot of times we looked in the last place my mom you'd knock on her bedroom door she wouldn't answer you open the door and go in and you'd hear this little voice coming from her closet and literally my mom had a prayer closet like her closet was her prayer closet you know we use that figuratively get in the closet of prayer my mom literally got in the closet of prayer and so many mornings I remember seeing that from my mom I remember looking for where's mom at where is she you know and she'd be in there praying every morning and we saw that we saw that example before us we saw her show us that church was so important to her my mom didn't miss church okay and I've told this story to some of you before but we got in a car accident on the way to church one morning and this man stopped by the side of the road because this was before cell phones were around and this man stopped by the side of the road and he said hey can I help you and she said yeah my church is that way and I kid you not my mom loaded us up in this guy's car and took us to church Okay, And she called my dad because at that time my dad wasn't going to church. And she said, hey, Bill, the car is on the side of the road. You need to go get it. We're at church right now. But that was the example. Mom showed us what was important in our life. She set that example out there for us. And it's so important because how do, do our kids see us stressed out all the time? Do they see us overworked? Do they see us exhausted? Do they see us crazy? Uh, we left her at our house the other day because Hannah was doing something, and Josh said, you better watch out. Your crazy mom's going to come out. And she said, I want to see crazy mom. And I was like, honey, you don't want to see crazy mom. Unfortunately, crazy mom showed her face a little too often here lately, but you don't want to see crazy mom. Crazy mom's not fun. You know, so we do we want our kids to see us like that all the time, or do they want us Do we want our kids to see us taking things to God and saying, man, this is crazy, this has been a ridiculous week, but you know what, God's still in control. Satan's trying to rob my blessings out of my life, but God's still in control. You know, I'm a little crazy right now, but hey, God's got this. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Deuteronomy 4, 9 through 10. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen, or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb when he said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. Man, impress them on your children talk about these things to your kids let them see it um we come in here in the mornings before church and we have prayer time for all the leaders and anybody who's involved in doing ministry and so we don't really have child care at that time so our kids are in here and and you know sometimes my kids a little loud or whatever she's been doing good but one morning I was standing back there and I looked over and Abby was standing about five or six feet away from me and she had her hands raised in the air And it reminded me of a picture that was taken years ago. And they're going to put it up here on the screen for you. It's not really a very good picture. But this is a picture of me and Hannah, I know, tiny Hannah, and my mom. And we're in church praising God. And if my grandmother was alive and lived here, she'd be standing in that picture as well. And what you can see here is the history of one thing being seen. And Abby didn't really know at that moment why she was raising her hands, but she saw me doing it and and I reminded myself I need to have a conversation with Abby and tell her you know why she's doing this but our kids are watching us and they are seeing us and they are seeing the example set before us I watched my mom do this I watched my mom show me that God was more important than everything else in our life. She wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And my mama thinks she can't do anything, and she's amazing. you know. But I think that's kind of the gist of all of us moms here. We tend to be really hard on ourselves. But we need to let our kids see us modeling before them what, what we want them to be, that God is the most important things in our life. Titus 2, 3 through 5. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. 2 Timothy 5 i I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in... And you also, you can see it being passed down. Man, pass this down. Pass this down. The kids are going to see you. They're going to become like you. And this one is crazy to me, this verse. Ezekiel sixteen forty four: Everyone who quotes Proverbs will quote this proverb about you. Like mother, like daughter and another version of that says as is the mother so is the daughter so I challenge you this morning to think about what are you presenting for your kids what are you presenting out there and you know what the world is also looking at us this isn't just for moms and kids the world is looking at the church and the world is looking at us and they're going to see our example and what are we setting out there for the world to see do they see us crazy do they see us losing control and not putting our trust in God? Or do they see us saying, you know what? That's all right. My car broke down this week. That's okay. I got this. I lost my job this week. That's okay. I got this. God's got this because God has got my back. He gave up everything for me. He cares for me. You know, the church is, we hear this a lot. I'm not going to church because the church is full of hypocrites. You know, and right now the church kind of has an ugly image to people because Christians, we've been fighting and we, you know, you get on Facebook and sometimes I'm like, Christians are fighting with each other on Facebook. Why are we doing this? How is this attractive? What kind of example are we setting for people? How are we saying through our lives, hey, look at my God. He is amazing and awesome and he is perfect. Is this the example that we are are setting out there? Um, a lot of times we try to present the best image of ourselves and our kids to the world we don't we try to show, you You see this on Facebook, right? You, you put the filter on, you give the best pictures. You've just taken 40 pictures. We saw it, if you did it this morning, and you're going to go pick that best picture out of the 40 pictures you took and put it on Facebook. I do it, you know. Sometimes I'll take 30 pictures, and I won't stick one of them on Facebook, you know. I don't do selfies, because I look at them like... Really don't like, <laughs> like what I see. So I'm not putting this selfie on Facebook, you know, but we try to present ourselves in this, this beautiful image. We try to show the world the best part of us, and we're really good at hiding our flaws. Um, they're going to put a picture up. I've got three pictures for you. This girl right here. Some of you may have seen this on Facebook. I love this girl's freckles, I think she's just adorable. Okay, they're going to show you the next picture. That's the same girl. Okay. That is the same girl. I know you're thinking, I don't believe you show them the one where it has half her face. Okay. She is a makeup artist. Man, she's got skills. That's all I'm saying. When you can change your face that much, she's got skills, but we do this. We try and hide our flaws. We try and show, um, the world, something that's not, we try and show the world something that is different. Um, maybe it 's time we stop focusing so much about how we or our kids they look on the outside and focus more about how we look on the inside um, you know it 's okay to to want to do all this up you know I did I curled my hair for you guys this morning and put on some makeup, and some of y'all probably wish I put on a little more makeup i don 't know, but you know we, we do we like to present ourselves in an image, and that 's okay but Maybe it's time we start looking at the inside. 1 Peter 3, 4. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Proverbs thirty one twenty nine through 30. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is decepting and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. We can look nice on the outside. But if on the inside it's rotten, do you know that we tend to look rotten on the outside, too? It doesn't matter how pretty you are on the outside and how you've got it all together. If the inside is ugly, you tend to look ugly. I remember when we moved a lot when I was a kid. And this particular move was from Indiana to Oklahoma. And I remember going to the high school, and there was this guy there. And every, all the girls were just, oh, you know, just falling over. They thought he was amazing. And it didn't take me but two or three days of being in that school. And I thought that was the ugliest guy I had ever seen in my life. Because he was handsome on the outside. His insides were so rotten. He was so arrogant and so rude and mean to people. I thought, I literally could look at him and have zero attraction to this this guy whatsoever. I was like, he's ugly. I don't even think he's attractive because the inside of him was so unattractive to me. And it was so ugly, ugly to me. But we need for our kids to see us and the people around us to see us in a light that shows God's love the way it is. The way he sacrificed everything for us. You know, maybe it's time that we put our phones down and our kids see us in the Bible. And now that I've made that grand statement, most of our Bibles we read on the phone. So pick your phone back up and maybe make the statement that, hey, I'm reading my Bible right now. Kids, would you like to join me? It's really hard because you could be glued to the word of God and nobody knows it right now. You know, But the point is still there. Is it Facebook, Instagram, whatever you get scrolling? Because man, you can get in there and you get lost. You're like suddenly you're 30 minutes later and you're like, holy cow, what have I done? And that's okay, man. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm on Facebook, all those um, things too. You know, I do. I have fun. But what do your kids see? Abby thinks that every book is a Bible, so she says, "Mom, I got my Bible and it's like Dr. Seuss or something." You know, I've got this. So she learned because she. I, I think it was early on when she was in that learning. And I was trying to have my quiet time while she was awake. And I've learned that it just doesn't work. So I was like, Mommy's reading her Bible. So at whatever point where she learned what books were, I had mentioned the Bible. So everything was a Bible, you know, so my my kids sound super holy, I know. I got my Bible, Mom. I got my Bible, you know. But she does see. My kids do see me reading the Bible. You know, I try to make a point of doing that. And now I I get up early in the morning because there is no such thing as quiet time while she's awake. You know, you can't focus on anything with her. But um, let your kids see you having that time with God and seeing you in that word with God and, and learning. Um, do your kids know that Mom doesn't leave the house without her face on, you know, and I'm not harping on this, please. This is a principal thing. Um, But I know I hear some, I don't go out without my face on. We don't leave the house without mama's face on. And that's fine. But do your kids see you with the same attitude of mom doesn't leave the house till she's had her time with God? You know, parents, dads, this is too. I'm talking to moms because it's Mother's Day, but this applies to dads too or anybody. You know, do we have that same passion for God where we're like, hey, I'm not leaving the house because me and God, we haven't had our time yet today. And that's the most important thing on the planet, you know. Um, Doing the whole face thing isn't necessarily my thing because I just don't have the patience for it. But you can say gardening or watching TV, or reading a book—any of those things—that we can put a priority on instead of our focus on God and what He's doing in our lives and what He's got going on in our priority. That he, that God is the most important thing to us in our life. Um, it's a principle here. Anything can anything can come and stand in the way of what, what you're projecting about God, your image of God to your kids. You know, they can, they can see anything. It can be your clothes. It could be a clean house. You know, some people are so worried about a clean house that they won't, you know, they don't take the time, time for God. So our kids and the world around us needs to see the importance of, Of what God is doing in our life. Philippians 4 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Man, think about those things in your life that are that are that are good. The good. Put that in front of your kids, the good stuff in your life, the things of God impress that upon your children because then they'll impress it upon their children. Hopefully they'll come to a point in their life where they've got to make a decision. I'm going to, I'm going to keep moving forward with God or not. But if you don't put that foundation in their life, they're not going to have that. there as one of their options unless somebody else from the outside comes in. Okay. Now having said all this and me harping on you, this doesn't mean you have to be perfect, okay, because if you sit there and go, I can't do all this, I screw up, I do all this, you don't have to be perfect, okay, I'm not perfect, most of us aren't perfect, um, if you want to know how much of a stellar mom I am, go talk to Hannah's teacher this year, okay, and just ask her, because I'm always like, I'm sorry we forgot this homework at home. I'm sorry, what was this? I sent the lunch menu in and forgot to take a picture of it. Can you please send me a copy so I know which days my kids are ordering lunch from the school? Can you? I thought, she must think I'm crazy, you know? I mean, really, I'm like this. I, I really don't feel like I have it all together this year. Not that I've had it all together any year. I remember in kindergarten, I was thinking, oh, gosh, I'm pregnant with Abby. Once I have Abby, then I'll get this <laughs> this good mom thing together, you know? And then Abby came along for first grade. I was like, man, Uh, Next year, when I don't have this little tiny baby at home, I'm going to be good. And then second grade is like, okay, when my toddler grows up a little bit, this year I said, you know what? Just forget the excuses. This is just me, okay? I just don't quite have all this superior mom stuff together. Um, And I'm going to make you feel really good about yourselves with my story um, that happened this week. Um, It was really embarrassing, but I think I can laugh about it now. Um, It was very upsetting. So my life is a little crazy right now. I've got a lot of things going on. Um, I'm in the process of working three part-time jobs, and I'm trying to get out of two of them, and it's taking a minute to, to transition out of this stuff to, down to one job. Um, so Monday was kind of busy. And Tuesday is the one day out of the week where I have to go drive down to Carrollton and I have to be in the office all day. And Josh was out of town this week. So now Josh normally on Tuesdays takes Hannah to school and picks her up for me. But because he was out of town, Kelly needed to do this. So that's fine. Well, I think he took her to school. And so I'm thinking, okay, so at the beginning of the week, because we knew I was preaching this morning, we kind of laid out our week. Okay, this is what we need. What do you need, Kelly, from me? When do I need the kids? You know, we lined all this whole week up. So in my head, Kelly had her week lined up. Okay, so Tuesday comes. I leave work. I have to go by the bank. I have to go drop off tickets for somebody else. I have to go by my mom's house. All right, and this starts at Carrollton. It's this big, giant loop, okay, because Hannah goes to school right down the road. So I pick up Abby, and I'm like, okay, I'm getting there. You know, I'm close. I'm trying to get there at, like, the hour off because then you don't have to pay for another hour. And it's only $3.50, but still it's the principal that I'm about to pay for an hour for five minutes of care. You know, it's this thing in my head. I just can't do it, you know. So I'm rushing to the school, getting there. I finally get handed, at like, 540, you know, and... We go back home, and I'm thinking, okay, I've got a lot to do tomorrow, so I'm going to do this little bit of work because part of my job is from home. One of the jobs is work from home. So I'm like, I'm going to get started on this stuff. So I sit down at the computer, and I'm working, and I'm sitting there, and Hannah's behind me in the hallway because my desk is in the hall, and she's, she's back there. She's talking to Abby, and then I hear, Abby, when we go to my spring concert tonight, I didn't hear anything beyond that. And I think my head looked like the little girl from The Exorcist because I spun around like this. And I said, your concert's not tonight. It's next week. And she said, no, Mom, it's tonight. I said, no, it's not. And she said, it is. And then all of a sudden, the realization dawned on me. Okay, I was at the school picking up my child, and the concert was set up at the school, and it didn't register. It was on Hannah's newsletter that came home that week. And it didn't register in my head. And I looked down. She was supposed to be there at 630. It was 708. The concert started at 7. There's no way. I'm not dressed. Abby's not dressed. Hannah's in her uniform. We can't possibly do this. And I sit there. So then she's in tears crying, you know, and I'm just going, oh, my gosh, I have missed my kids' school concert. And it counts as a grade. It's not just a concert. It's a grade, okay? We've worked really hard to get these good grades this year, and I feel like I've just thrown it out the window. So I'm on the phone. I'm calling Josh. Josh, do you know what I've just done? And I'm looking at the grades to see how this is going to affect her grade, if it's going to be too important. And I'm just sitting there, I'm thinking, how do you screw this? How do you forget your kid's spring musical? You know, so she's upset, and I'm thinking, wow, great, I'm going to speak to all these moms on Mother's Day. Good, yeah, really? I'm supposed to do this? I've had this epic fail week. My kid's falling down the stairs. She's gotten hurt for this. Hannah shut her fingers in the door twice. She just lost a fingernail from shutting. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm such a rock star parent, and I'm going to get up here and, and do this. I'm like, how am I supposed to do this? You know, I'm not even close. We just finished our series on unqualified um Josh asked me he asked me before we started the series to teach on this, but I didn't answer him till halfway through the series. And I remember <laughs> sitting on there and I don't know if it was the week that Brad was preaching it or Jeremy or somebody, and I'm sitting in the chair going, I can't do this. I I can't get up and teach these people. I don't have this, this and all this, and I'm I'm saying everything in my head but the word unqualified, you know. And I'm just thinking, that's stupid. So I told him I'd do it, you know. And so then this week comes along, and it literally was just one thing after another. This morning, I walked out the door with the keys to both cars. Okay? Josh is at home with the kids. And I, I didn't realize it till I show up to the church. And I'm like... I'm going to need you to find a way to church this morning because I've got your keys, or I've got to send someone back home, you know. So I'm just sitting there going, God, how am I supposed to do this, you know. I'm like, epic fail week. I mean, there's been, I mean, literally every time I turned around this week, you know, the one day I'm working from home on Wednesday, Abby has colored on the wall. She has removed every article of clothing from her dresser and now put it on her floor. And then she had one of those amazing diapers that's like, you just turn around and you just go, Yeah, this was a good idea. Let's work from home. Let's do this so we can be with our kids still and still be part of her life while she's a toddler. This is crazy. But I I told myself, I'm not qualified most of us aren't. But God called me to do something. And it's not to stand up here every Sunday and preach. But he's called me to teach and do other things. And even though I don't feel qualified to do those things, I am called to do those things. And God likes to take me out of my comfort zone. Let me tell you, if I don't want to do it, odds are he's going to have me doing it. Because that's what God likes to do with me. He's like to take me out. But I, I had to get to that point where it goes, it doesn't matter how unqualified I feel. And Satan was trying to rob Our blessings of the week, because we personally got blessed a lot this week. It was just like every time it felt like we turned around, God was doing something cool. And then Satan came in behind us and tried to hammer us. Because, you know, when God puts something out there for you, Satan always has a counterfeit to come behind you and have something else or to try and rob and steal you of your joy. Um, God didn't send his son Jesus for a bunch of perfect people, okay? He sent his son Jesus to die for us all of us in our crazy state, in our forgetting our kids concert self, you know, he sent his son Jesus to die for us because he said, I love you. I sent my son to die for the sinners, for the unqualified, for the people who don't feel like they can do it. I sent my son to die for all of you because I love you so much. I give myself, I give my son freely to you. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to be perfect. You can do this. Okay, we can all do this. Whatever calling God has on our life, we can do this. Um, Isaiah 6, 1 through 9, I'm going to be closing here this morning. I know I'm kind of long-winded, so. Josh said, however long you think it's going to take you to do your message, add 15 minutes All there. I'm like, no, I talk fast. I should always listen to him. But you didn't hear me say that. So he'll take that. Remember that time you said you should listen? All right. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim. Each with six wings, with two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. "'Woe to me,' I cried, "'I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, "'and I live among a people of unclean lips, "'and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty.' "'Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, "'which he had taken with tongs from the altar. "'With it he touched my mouth and said, "'See, this has touched your lips. "'Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for.' "'Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "'Whom shall I send and who will go for us?' "'And I said, "'Here I am, send me.' "'He said, "'Go and tell this people.'" In the midst of Isaiah looking and seeing God in this vision, he saw all of his flaws, his failures, says, I can't do this. I am not capable. I'm not qualified to do this. He saw all of this. And God said, no, I see what you can do. He saw his flaws. God saw his potential. God said, who should I send? And he said, send me. So he finally threw all this. Send me. I'm going to do it anyways. In spite of my flaws, in spite of all this, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. You know, We see our weaknesses, but God sees our potential. He sees what we can do. You may not be called into full-time ministry, but God has called you to do something. Whatever that is in your life, God's called you to do it, and you need to rise up and forget all the failures. Forget that. Remember that you have a God who is standing there who has got your back, just like your mama does. He's there for us. He has given up everything for you. He said, man, I gave it all up for you. You can do this. We don't have to be perfect at doing this. We just need to be an example of change and growth, of seeking God's face and say, I don't have it all together, but I'm trying. I don't have it all together, but God is the most important thing in my life, and I'm going to show that to my kids and my spouse and the people around me, that God is the most important thing, and I'm going to say, you know what? In spite of what I see when I look in the mirror, I'm going to try and see myself the way God sees me. I'm going to see myself... Moving forward and doing something, whatever that thing is that God has called me to do. I'm going to step out. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to take it. It may hurt a little bit. It may be a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm going to step out. So this morning, I want to challenge you as you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. I want to challenge you this morning to, first of all, look at yourself, man, and forgive yourself and say, you know what? I've been too hard on myself. I've looked at all of my failures and all of my flaws that maybe you've forgotten to look at the potential inside of you, the potential that God sees inside of you and look inside yourself and say, you know what? I want to do it. Or maybe this morning you need to look inside yourself and you say, you know what? I've had it all together on the outside, but the inside looks a little rotten right now. The inside isn't really pleasing. The inside isn't exactly what I would want my kids to be. This isn't what I want my kids to look like. This isn't what I want the world to see. This isn't God shining through me. This is me trying to look like I've got it all together. This is me trying to present some kind of image to the world that it looks like I've got this all together. We need to be willing this morning to let God use us, we need to be willing to change. We need to be willing to look inside ourselves. You know, sometimes I just take a minute and I'll say, man, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. I've got this, you know, and I'll I'll just stop and I'll say, God, is there anything inside of me that's not pleasing you right now? Is there anything that I'm not seeing that's lining up with you? And And life is a constant journey of growth, a constant journey of looking inside yourself. Because you know what? When I first got married, I was way back here, one person. And then the next year, I was a different person. And I was a little bit closer to God. And every year of my life, I feel like I take another step closer to God. And He does something else in me. And He moves through me and and chooses to use me in a different way and in a bigger way. And, And this morning, I want you to be willing to take those steps forward. To be able to move forward in what God has for you. So I'm just going to ask a couple questions this morning to you. And I'm going to pray for you this morning. I'm not going to single anybody out and call you up here. But I just want to know this morning where we're at and who I'm talking to. So as your your eyes are closed and your heads bowed, first things first, I want to start. If you're here this morning and you either don't know God, you haven't invited Jesus to come in your heart and be Lord of your life. Or maybe you have and you've kind of strayed away from him and you're like, man, I need to come back. I need to come back to the God who sent His Son for me to die for me, to wipe away my sins, to wash me as white as snow, and to start to do something in my life. I need to come back to that. If that's you this morning, I just want you to look up at me. And I, and when I see your eyes, you can put them back down. I just want to pray for you guys this morning. I see your eyes. I see your eyes. Thank you. And I'll pray for you in just a minute. And if you're someone this morning that needs to just say man I need to I need to take that look inside of me and maybe I need to clean up a little bit inside and 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 line my life up just a little bit more maybe do some housekeeping inside of me or if you've been afraid to take that next step or you've been hammering yourself and you're like you know what I'm tired of beating myself down. I'm ready to see myself through God's eyes. I'm ready to see the potential in my life to go forward and do something. If that's you this morning, one of those things, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. See your eyes. See your eyes. Thank you. All right, if everybody would just stand to their feet this morning. I'm going to pray for everyone in those both group, both of those groups this morning. Heavenly Father, God, first we just want to give you praise this morning, Lord. We are so grateful for all that you've done in our lives, for sending your son Jesus to die for us so that we could be clean, so that we could be an example and be a light to this world and to our families and our kids, God. And if you, you looked up this morning and you said, I've, I've never accepted Christ in my heart or I need to get back to you, just repeat after me. And everyone just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I know that you sent Jesus to die for me and to wash away my sins. And I ask Jesus to come into my life to wash me clean so that I might begin to live for him. Thank you, God. And Lord, for everybody else in this place this morning, Lord, whatever they've got going on in their life, whatever fears they've had, God, fears can be crippling sometimes, Lord. I've seen it in my own life, how crippling fear can be. I pray that you set people free this morning, God, that you begin to do work in their life, that they take that first step and say, I will not be afraid. You have made a way for me. You have parted the waters so that I can walk through them so that I can move forward and do a powerful thing. God, I pray for each of those people this morning, Lord, and for those who have maybe gotten distracted by life and maybe realized that the inside was turning a little sour. God, I pray as they turn their eyes inward and begin to look at that, God. There's nothing wrong with looking good on the outside, too. God, we all want to look nice. But Lord, if we don't look good on the inside, the outside doesn't matter at all, Father. I pray that you begin to do a mighty work in their life, God. I pray that you begin to move in them, Lord, and begin to stir a flame inside of them. God, begin to stir a passion for you, Lord, that they would hunger the things of you. Not the things of this world, God, but that they would hunger you more than anything else, God. Lord, that they would just turn their hearts towards you. Father, that they would have an excitement to read your word and to spend time talking to you and praying with you, God, and getting to know you, Lord. God, I pray for those people, Lord. And as they go through this week, Lord, we know that Satan so often likes to... To, to throw out something that looks contrary to what, what we've done in here on a Sunday morning, that he likes to throw obstacles in our past. He likes to show us that maybe we were wrong on Sunday morning and things aren't that way, that we are a failure, that we aren't more than conquerors, but we know, God, through your word, what your word says, that we are more than conquerors, that we can go forward in strength and power, and we can look at the enemy, God. I looked at Satan this week, Lord, and said, you can't have my joy. I won't give it to you. And so I walked through an insane week with joy, God. And I pray that each of these people can do the same, that they will walk through every week, every circumstance with the joy of the Lord in their hearts, because they understand what you have done for them, Father God. They understand that you're there and you've got our back, that even when we do make mistakes and we screw up, it's okay. Because you're there. And all we have to do is ask for forgiveness from you. And we can look at each other and say, you know what? I don't judge you. I don't judge anyone else. But God, we look to you and see our value and our worth from who you are in our lives, Father. We just praise you this morning, God. And we just thank you for all that you've done in our lives, Lord. And through everything we do, God, may we always glorify you and give honor to you this morning, Lord. And praise you, God. It's not through our own strength, but it's through your strength inside of us, God, that we can accomplish the things we accomplish, God. So I pray blessings on all of these people this morning, God. I pray that you bless their lives financially. I pray that you bless their lives spiritually. I pray that as they go forward this week, God, that you provide opportunities for them to show the world how amazing and awesome you are, God, that the the world would see the light inside of us and recognize it as something attractive and beautiful, and they would look at us and say, I want what you have inside of you, God. Protect all these people, God. Keep them safe this week, Father. We just love you and we praise you this morning, God. Let's give God a round of praise this morning.